Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Jen and Dan's Natural Healing with Plants. I'm Jen, a health educator and an herbalist, and I'm here with Dan. How are you today, Dan? I'm doing good, Jen. How are you doing? I'm great. Do you want to tell everyone a little bit about you? Yeah, I'm a master herbalist and exercise scientist, and I use plant-based nutrition to help people regain their health and cleanse their bodies. Yes, yes, we both come back come from a background of nutrition and herbalism, and we strongly believe in the healing effects of a whole food plant based diet. Yes, so today we want to talk about cleansing. Um, so many people want to just cleanse, cleanse, cleanse all the time, and so sometimes that can be helpful under certain conditions, but sometimes we don't want to cleanse all the time but i also think it's important to cleanse um at least i say at least twice a year what are your thoughts dan i think twice a year is probably enough for most people it depends on their lifestyle throughout the year if somebody's already eating plant-based diet i think twice a year is plenty yeah yeah um and then so if someone were to cleanse twice a year what does that entail and why? Why do you think they should cleanse twice a year? Well, I think the reason they should cleanse twice a year is because there's so many there's so many chemicals in the environment now. There's over, I think it's like over 80,000 man-made chemicals in our environment now. And wow. these get into our water system. They get into our foods, even the air we breathe. So even the uh Blankets you use on your bed could be off-gassing, off-gassing chemicals, and the body starts to get a burden. Too many chemicals in the body, and it starts to put a strain on our body's natural cleansing systems. Like a lot of people will tell you, well, the kidneys already, you know, are adequate to cleanse the body, but maybe that's true 200 years ago before all all of the chemicals now they're in the environment. The Organs of elimination get overburdened and we need to help them out. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I feel exactly the same way that, you know, when we, man was first on earth, we had fresh air, water. I don't know what they had as far as their water was, you know, how pure was the water, but they did have fresh air and food couldn't have been any fresher. Right. And yeah. plants, you know, even hunter-gatherers ate a whole lot of plants. Sometimes they ate tubers and berries, lots of greens. You know, we've all of us, probably everybody, I would assume, has um, watched an episode of Survivor or Naked and Afraid or one of those shows where when they're out there, maybe they're eating some bugs, but mostly it's leaves and greens. And occasionally they can actually catch an animal. And so, which goes against what we've seen. And we talked about this before. There's so many people who eat meat three times a day and lions don't even eat meat three times a day. And so to think that humans were created to eat meat that often is to say humans are better hunters than lions. And, and we know <laughs> that that's not the case. And especially if you were out in the wild, you know, in primitive days, how the heck did they kill these animals so easily right anyway that's totally off topic but that my point is lots of greens lots of roughage tons of fiber and then the clean air and hopefully 
clean water. And so they just weren't exposed to the chemicals we're exposed to today, especially in the air and the water, chemicals in the food, inflammatory products. You know, how many people are not just eating leaves, you know, berries and high fiber diets? People ate like over like, so I wanted to say, I want to say I read 170 grams of fiber and where today, you know, they recommend 25 grams of fiber. (laughs) What? What in the world? We're not even close to that. Now, I'm not telling I'm going to go try to eat 170 grams of fiber because you might not poop for a year if you do that. <laughs> if you go from 10 grams of fiber to 170, your intestines are just going to go. <laughs> anyway, totally off topic. So I think that we need to cleanse because we're not eating all the, the high fiber and the clean foods. We're eating processed foods. You, even if you're eating things, even if you're eating gluten-free and you're eating things made with almond flour or you're eating um, breads made out of nuts and seeds and all of these different things, we're still being exposed to chemicals in our water and our air and our clothes. We're closed up in houses that have heating and air conditioning. We're breathing in you know, products from our countertops. We're using cleaning products that are not pure and clean. And Closed up in our houses, sometimes we're breathing air that's recycling that's even dirtier than the air that's outside, that's full of chemicals from the the clouds and everything else. So I think it is very important to cleanse twice a year. And I also think that the uh, cleanse um, can mean different things to different people. So when you talk about cleansing, what, what are you talking about? I like to incorporate a lot of raw foods and raw juices because juicing is a very uh it goes it, it cleanses your body really deep down to the cellular level with all those liquids i also like to use a lot of fruits and raw vegetables but also use herbs so i use them in a combination diet with herbs that are shown to cleanse the body and we use them as a combination they work a lot better together i mean i know you can take herbs to cleanse but if you're eating Processed food and things like that is not going to really help you that much. Yeah, you can't just add the herbs and not change yeah. anything else. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so I like to focus on the raw foods too. Raw foods, lots of liquids, lots of liquids, and then lots of herbs. And herbs to open up all the eliminatory channels. Um, we need to make sure that people are are pooping, you know, pooping several right. times a day, right. um, which is why I said, you know, if you're going from not eating fiber to eating a ton of fiber – What's going to happen if your body's not used to to pooping, you're used to the motility, which means all the contractions in your intestines, things moving along and moving out. We have to add plenty of liquid, make sure we're drinking um, efficient water to lubricate everything, but also eating enough fiber, appropriate amounts of fiber to keep things moving and using herbs that can help move things along too because if you're going through a cleanse um, you're hopefully removing those stored toxins and so to get those toxins out of the body you've got to got to be flushing them out either through the urine or through the feces and what happens when we're exposed to all these chemicals in the air in the water in our household products and our cleaning products and our shampoos and conditioners and toothpastes and and all these different things um, our liver has to handle all of those. So if you, you know, if you just think about your morning, you know, you wake up, you're, you're breathing what's coming off of your furniture and your fabrics. You go and brush your teeth. Maybe you have fluoride and other chemicals in your toothbrush. You go and have water. If you're on city water, you're taking in the chemicals, chlorine, fluorine from your 
water, eat your breakfast. If it's not, you know, a raw vegan, you know, it could have chemicals in it. You know, that's just how we started our day. And our liver has to handle all of those things as well as breaking down your your breakfast. And so even when you're eating, eating healthy foods, your liver breaks down or your body breaks down all those foods into different chemicals and your liver has to process those too to get them all out. And so when we are exposed to all these different things, we didn't even talk about like shampoo and soaps and the chemicals and all those things too. The liver can't manage all of it at one time. And so it starts stuffing it and it stuffs it in the fat. So when we're going on a cleanse, we're taking a break. We're doing something different for the body so that the liver can start to release those toxins. And so we have to make sure the the eliminatory organs are moving appropriately to flush those toxins out. But then we also need to give um, herbs that help the liver to detoxify those things and make sure we're including cleansing foods that help provide all the nutrients the liver needs to do its job too. Yeah, one of my favorite herbs for the liver would be milk thistle especially when we're cleansing because it protects the liver and helps the liver cleanse itself. Also, there's certain foods uh, that's good for your liver. Artichokes. Actually, I don't eat a lot of artichokes, but they've been shown to really help the liver function better. So, Yeah. Um, um, Dill and limonene. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Which comes from, uh, mostly from limes. But uh, those, the chemicals that are found in those are fabulous for helping the liver and cruciferous vegetables. We have li- de- liver detox processes that really use uh, some of the chemicals that are found in your cruciferous vegetables, which maybe our listeners aren't used to hearing the word cruciferous vegetable. But, um, but it's uh, your foods like kale and broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower, radishes, um, all of these are fabulous for helping cleanse there's more than just those collards and so like when we do cleansing and using raw foods we like to make sure we're incorporating um, those foods as well and so i've had people ask me um another way i answer the question is why you should cleanse we're talking about all the chemicals in the environment there are studies now showing that at least 90% of cancer has is caused by the chemicals in the environment, dietary factors, stress. Only about 10% of cancer is genetic. So that means that we have a lot more power to prevent cancer by taking care of ourselves. So, yeah. I mean, just that alone should be a good reason for all of us to cleanse on a regular basis. Yeah. So how long do you think people should cleanse? I think a week's a good a good place to start. About a week or so. I mean, I like to see somebody go for two or three weeks, but um, you know, you have to meet people where they're at. So, if you're willing to go a week, that's a lot better than nothing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always done with the clients, especially if they're eating a standard American diet. Oh. We do five days, five days of eating clean, um, eliminating all the uh, known allergens, even if they think that they're fine eating them, you know, we remove those um, like wheat um, and corn and dairy and peanuts and soy, um, all of those just to make, just for five days, remove them for five days, just to see how they feel. Do they notice a difference? 
And then um, how do you add those foods back in or do you even add those foods back in? We eliminate all processed foods. So no flours, no added sugars, you know, things like that, just to give the body a nice break. And so that's a gentle way to cleanse for this standard American who just wants to take a week to clean their body up. But if I have somebody who's sick, they have something going on, they want to cleanse deeper, which I strongly recommend everybody, not just those who are sick, but people who are willing to do it, start with that, the elimination diet I talked about, but then go even deeper with the juices, um, with the raw fruits and vegetables, and then even with um, blended meals and a juice day where all they have is juices while they're incorporating foods to help the liver, to help with the gallbladder sludge and, and things like that to help flush the body really good and really um, clean up the system. And then we talk about how to test foods, you know, because a lot of times we don't realize that shoulder pain or knee pain can be related to the food we eat. People think if I don't have a stomach ache, that the food's fine for me, but they don't realize that inflammation can be occurring somewhere else in the body, not necessarily the stomach. So you, uh, how do you guide them on how to, what to eliminate or, well, you start to add foods back in after a while and then they, you instruct them to add them one at a time to see if it causes any symptoms. Yes. Yeah. One food at a time. For three to four days, because sometimes you can have a delayed response as well. For me, I didn't, I had no idea I had problems with peanuts. Um, and I, peanut butter is one of my favorite foods. And I, um, not during a cleanse, but at another time, my kids made me peanut butter cookies one day for Mother's Day. And I ate peanut butter cookies. I had already suspected peanuts maybe because I had a history of migraines and I used to love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches were my favorite food. And so that's gluten and peanuts, I know. Um, but I had already always kind of suspected peanuts. And I, But my kids made these cookies for me and I put them in the freezer. But every day I would come home and I would eat a peanut butter cookie. And after like the third or fourth day, I had a migraine. And I was like, well, is it related to the cookies or is it something else? And so I took the cookies out for a week. And then I tested them again. And after the third day, I had a migraine again. And so it could have been, they were sugar-free because I didn't, we don't use added sugar. And so I do have to say that too, because it could have been sugar, you know, sugar can cause headaches too. It could be, if it, if they had had gluten in the cookies, it could have been the gluten, but I was gluten-free at the time too. And I can't remember exactly what was in the cookies right now, but I tested peanuts since, but my point is it took three days. I could eat a cookie today and not have a headache. I could eat a cookie today and tomorrow, or I could eat peanut butter sandwich or peanut butter toast for two days and not have a headache. But on that third day, all of a sudden I have a headache. And I've heard people say that with eggs, you know, they could eat eggs for a day, eat eggs for two days, but on the third day they get a headache. And so what I do is I teach people how to add that in because you can have that delayed response. And once again, it's not necessarily stomach. It could be a shoulder pain. You know, maybe I go on this cleanse and all of a sudden I have energy. I can walk. My knees aren't bothering me. I've even had people say they could see better at the end of five days just from giving up those allergens. That's not even giving up, you know, other foods. That's just giving up those known allergens. And they feel so good. But then when they start testing the foods, you know, day three or day four, then all of a sudden, oh, my knee pain came back. Or, oh, my shoulder's hurting again. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, so we take our time adding the foods back. 
it's very interesting. And some people just chalk it up to getting older, but what they don't realize is because they're poisoning themselves. That's why you start to feel bad. And the older we get, the longer we've been taking poison. So, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. And we don't, you know, we look at like kids. So, you know, you can, please don't anybody do this, but you know, you see kids walking around with a Coca-Cola and a cheeseburger and fries, you know, they're two years old, a cheeseburger, fries, and a Coke. Oh my God. And then you see kids in high school, they sell donuts and they're eating their donuts and they're eating crap for lunch and who knows what kind of fast food they're eating for dinner. And they get away with this until they get to like 30 or 40 and people say, but I've been eating this way my whole life. Why is it affecting me now? It's because our bodies are amazing. They are designed so amazing that you can eat the crap. You know, you put the wrong gas in your car. How long is it going to be before you start having car trouble? Right. But you put the wrong gas in you, your body, your body's going to do everything it can to keep you going and keep you moving and keep your energy up and move all those poisons out until you get to a certain point. And then it's just not going to take it anymore. And so, you know, that's why when we look at cancer, you know, there are fast growing cancers, but most cancers take about 20 years before they're even spotted. And so you might not know it. Most people, they develop cancer or first diagnosed in cancer around the age 60. Well, that means around age 40 is when that cancer started growing. And so what happens around age 40 is when people start experiencing, that's when people are start getting diagnosed with like autoimmune diseases and all things. It's, it's like all of a sudden we get to like age 40 and people start having health problems. And it's because for 40 years they've been eating crap or maybe it's only been 20 years. You go to college and you gain the freshman 15 and things get out of control. You're having money problems. You're working really hard and you're eating these foods that aren't good for you. And then I'm getting so off topic, but that's my point. We need to cleanse twice a year. We need to start tweaking our body before you get to 40. But if you're already 40 or later, now is the time to really clean up, really do a deep dive, really cleanse, um, get things out of the body and create new um, changes. You know, make it a habit of cleansing regularly. Make it a habit of drinking water, not the, the sodas. Cut the added sugars. Start adding in the fruits and vegetables and the high-fiber foods that your body was meant to take in. That's a wonderful message, and I think that it gives people hope because a lot of people, I mean, most people that I know, they just assume when they get older, they're going to get sick because they they think age equals sickness. But I try to teach, and you try to teach, it doesn't have to be that way. You can't guarantee anything, but if you actually take care of yourself, you're reducing your risk of developing these lifestyle diseases like you're talking about, even heart disease. that Heart disease takes a very long time to get severe. They're finding heart disease in 10-year-old children now. Right, right. 10-year-olds. Right, right. It's because the foods are just getting more and more processed. And I think I've even said this, you know, at my my children's school, they have to have a a fruit at breakfast. And one of their fruits is uh, sour raisins. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. they can't even just give them raisins. I mean, raisins aren't the healthiest food, but they have to give them sour raisins <laughs> to, to turn it into a candy. Oh, man. Where is it? Where is the world going, right? Right. 
And so then, of course, they're not going to like the real fruit because it doesn't have the added flavors. It doesn't have the fancy colors. Yeah, yeah but if you uh, – it's some. I mean, I have a – I used to have a niece when she was younger. She loved fruit. Mm-hmm. Like, but, you know, but the thing is she would eat fruit and vegetables when her mother would give it to her. But then her mother made a mistake of taking her to a fast food restaurant. After she yeah. got a taste for fast food, she didn't like the fruit anymore. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. 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 If you go to a, a potluck or a party where there's children and you just take a bunch of cut up fruit, kids will eat that up. They're just naturally drawn to that fruit and they love it. Yeah. Yeah. So my kids didn't have fast food. My kids were deprived, right? And so they don't they don't even really like fast food. You know, my kids are older now. Uh, um, my youngest is 17. And I mean, she'll go with her friends and get French fries. Yes, she will. But she doesn't, she would prefer to have a salad with whatever. But you know, if they go to a place that only, only thing she can find that's not animal products is usually fries. Yeah. yeah. But anywhere else she would get a nice salad or potato or, or something with beans. Yeah, yeah. She's already got some great lifestyle habits, and it's yes. never too late to learn, though. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and giving your kids a break from sugar, which is another way of cleansing. You know, you can put your kids on a cleanse without them even knowing it and eliminate sugar for a week. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you are in control of what you're buying in your home. Oh, but they have to have that. No, they don't. No, they don't. You know, we don't have cookies and cakes and pastries in our house. You know, if they want something like that, they have to go out of the house to get it. And that's, that's, you know, if it's in your house, it's in your mouth. There's mm-hmm. no reason for you to have to buy those things. We don't have to have chips and Fritos. You know, they, if they, it's the kind of thing they want, make it a special occasion. Please don't. But if you do, if that's something you have to do, then, you know, make it where it's not in your home and they only eat nice, clean foods. So my daughter has gone so long, you know, living with us at home but with no sugar that when she does have something with sweet, she's like, it's disgust. It's too sweet. You know, she just can't eat it because it's too sweet. Yeah. And we get numb to it though. You know, same with salt, salt and sugar, our taste buds, we get to where we need more and more sugar and more and more salt and doing a cleanse, giving yourself a break. Then when you go to eat these things, you realize, Ooh, that's too salty or that's too sweet. And so you kind of naturally, you cleanse, you get toxins out of your body, but then you kind of naturally reset your system too, so that you're not craving the sugars and the salts that you were beforehand. And then in time, you'll get to where you crave the healthy food instead of the salty, the fatty, the sugar. And right. it's amazing, like you're saying, but we, even the body, we get numb to our pains and our illness too. And we don't even realize it's the the foods causing it. So. Right, right. And, you know, like you said, I like that you said, um, you talked about more lifestyle factors too. Um, I do want to say we need to wrap up, but, you know, so many people say, well, you know, heart disease runs in my family. I just know what's going to happen. And that's not necessarily true. Or everyone in my family has Parkinson's or everyone in my family has type two diabetes. And it's the reason is, is our lifestyles run in our family. Like you said, genetics is only 10%. If you eat the same foods your family did, you live the same lifestyle your family did, and you keep doing exactly the same thing they did, then yes, you're probably going to come up with the same diseases. But if you make that change, you change and you eat healthier, 
you no longer eat those traditional foods, but that's what we always eat. But guess what? You can make that change. If you make those changes, then you can get control of your health and your life, and you don't necessarily have to follow down that same pathway. And it's not just the food. It's the exercise. It's the mindset. It's the rest. It's taking care of your body. It's sleeping well. It's getting the water, the clean water, and all of those things, too. I highly agree. And it's very, it's a very empowering message that we can change. We can stop the genetics because like you're saying, genetics is usually family tradition. And you'll start to see when you change your diet, you may have pushback from your family members, but hopefully in time when they see how you're getting healthier, they'll start eating that way too. That's what we hope for. Right. Well, thank you for joining us today. Um, Let us know what you thought about this episode. We want to hear from you. We hope that you learned something about cleansing. And if you do cleanse, tell us how often you cleanse and what methods you use for cleansing. If you didn't agree with something we said, we want to hear from you too. We want to make sure that our show is really helpful for you and your health journey. So thank you for listening today and join us again.